4.31 is our time. So as we grow and evolve, there comes a need to create a space where we can join our community to connect through collective experience. As much as the work begins and centers within, we need to accept that somewhere, being of service to so many, we can forget our own emotional and healing journeys and that even we need a support system. That connection and support during these unprecedented times can be found when we seek to understand our divine feminine and the role meditation plays on this journey. Joined now by Dr. Anes Umbiso, medical doctor, entrepreneur and yoga teacher for our Wellness Corner discussing this topic. How are you doing, bestie? I'm good, Asanda. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us again discussing such an important topic. Oh, this topic is huge. I think, you know, strangely enough, the more and more you delve into healing, the more you realize that all of these things are interconnected. And I think that's really what you're touching on with this topic of the divine feminine, a little bit of community health in there, as well as self-healing. Yes. Mm. Uh, we might not be able to cover everything today, but yes. let's see how far we go. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we define the divine feminine? If we maybe compare it to the feminine and mm. how we understand that, what does it mean, the divine feminine? So the divine feminine and divine masculine, and that concept is really present in almost all forms of indigenous knowledge whether we're looking at you know, Native America, whether we're looking at African indigenous knowledge. And this is beyond gender. This is beyond biological sex. So it has nothing to do with whether you are female or identify as female. The concept here is that every single living thing has some aspect of feminine and masculine. And it's this understanding of a duality of mm. the different ways in which life can manifest. So if we look at the kind of Chinese lineage, this this is similar to the yin and yang kind of understanding Mm -hmm. that kind of balances the light and the dark, if you want to put it that way. But when we're talking about divine feminine and divine masculine, in each and every one of us, we have a balance of these two types of qualities. So the divine feminine really represents creation. It represents surrender, softness nurturing, letting go. And the divine masculine is the kind of like the container or the holder of the divine feminine. It brings structure. It helps us with action, with push, um, with making things happen. Mm. And in order for us to be whole and holistic in our healing, we need to be able to connect to both of these different sides of ourselves, both outside of ourselves and in life, but also within Okay, so what are the emotions then that may surface when it's time for us to realize that we're not being true to ourselves? We're not living in this duality that we need um, Mm. as a way that we can gauge that, okay, now it's time to reconfigure. The main thing is our emotions. So I think what's come out of our society, so our society is really driven by the divine masculine. If you look at the way that we go about work, a lot of it is about results action, getting things done. (laughs) No one's really going to tell you to surrender and nurture yourself in the workplace, you know. And and what Mm. usually happens when, like you say, we're out of balance is our emotions are the best way for us to see. They're almost like the signal that our higher self or our, our inner space sends to us to say, look, something needs to change here. You're not really in alignment with what makes you happy. So if you're starting to have situations where you feel 
down, where you feel depressed. Sometimes anger can be a manifestation of these things or doubt, self-doubt or self-criticism. Those emotions, emotions that generally don't feel good mm. in your body, are not really just a, a negative feeling that you know you need to repress and move on from, but something, a signal that has been sent to you to say, look, you need to fix something on an internal level. There's some internal healing that you need to do so that this emotion can pass and you can start to evolve on your self-healing journey. So when, I mean, and we can imagine the process is going to be messy because with any change, it will be. So when that process is messy then at first and these suppressed emotional wounds resurface, even in relation to our sleeping patterns and how we're eating and all of that, what are we being guided to let go of? I think the main thing, Asanda, here is when it comes to self-healing, a lot of us tend to even bring in the divine masculine into our healing journey where we create goals for healing. We almost imagine that we have to get our healing over and done with, mm. that it's, it's something that we need to work through, there's a finish line, and then we'll be done with healing. But it's really about bringing in the divine feminine to our approach, which is not about getting things done, making them pass quickly, but instead about surrendering to the process. So when we start to feel these things, emotional wounds shifting, as you mentioned, that can be signaled by the emotions, but also by lack of sleep or or detrimental sleep habits or not being able to eat and having healthy relationships with food, when things like that start to surface, the key here with the divine feminine and having an approach like that with your healing is just to surrender and to listen. And I think that that's something that we struggle with. We struggle with sitting with discomfort. Often in times of discomfort, we want to do something to make it shift and to make it go away. But especially with healing, sometimes the most important thing, especially at the beginning, is just to sit with ourselves and to listen to what is coming up, to listen with self-compassion, to listen gently with ourselves before we even get into the space of problem solving and and trying to make that discomfort pass. How do we tap into meditation during this entire process then of letting go, of surrendering and listening to ourselves with compassion? Mm, So beautiful. That's essentially what meditation is. So a lot of people think that meditation is sitting down and forcing your mind to be quiet. But actually, the true practice of meditation is sitting and just observing whatever comes up. So in meditation, we usually come to a comfortable seated position, close the eyes. You can either focus on something to to help the mind quiet, like focus on the breath or focus on different sensations happening in your body. But the key here is not to force the mind to quiet, but instead to sit and to listen to what comes up. And usually when we first start our meditation journey, we're sitting and and we're just watching thoughts constantly bombard us. Oh, this is so boring. Oh, am I even doing this correctly? Oh, my leg is falling asleep. That's normal. But again, what meditation is teaching us is to sit through these moments of discomfort. And what eventually happens is the more and more you develop this practice, the more and more you cultivate discipline in your meditation practice, That's then when we start to purify our inner space, where it becomes less about what's happening in that moment that we're listening to, but instead we start receiving guidance where maybe we remember trauma from our childhood, which is actually usually where most of our healing needs to happen, Mm. all the way back to our childhood and look at our inner child and do inner child work. 
And as we meditate, we start to receive insights and guidance as to what it is we need to focus on in our healing journey. And that's where the power of meditation comes in. Okay, so let's talk how we connect to others now in that exchange mm. of acts of service. How do we achieve harmony there and mutual energy exchange for acts of service while setting boundaries so that there's less resentment uh, as a result of this exchange? So important. I think what you're referring to is, is this balance of give and take, even yes. when you find um, a conscious community, essentially. And the role of a conscious community is to give you support in those times where you cannot hold space for yourself. So times where you're embarking on the self-healing, maybe some inner child wounds come in, and you just need a safe space in order to feel where you can almost allow yourself to fall apart, knowing that your community is going to hold you. So that's one function that you can receive from your community. But as you say, there always needs to be a balance. In order for you to create a healthy relationship with your community, you should feel like what you're getting is also what you're giving. And in that way, community health and community healing almost feeds itself. So the main thing here is to give in a way that, that almost fulfills you, that, that, that heals you as well. So a lot of times when people talk about giving to others, it's almost seen as like a, a grudge action or something that we are forced to do. Mm. But it's about finding a way to give to others that feels natural and also feels healing to you. So, for example, if you're a creative person, if you're somebody who sings, maybe that's the way that you give back to your community. You hold sound healing sessions where you sing to your community. And in exchange, because even though we're giving and we're healing and giving, there should always be an exchange from your community, be it monetary, be it your community giving their time, for, for times where you need your healing, where you just need someone to hold space to you. Mm. So even as we give in community spaces, there should always be an equal exchange because what we often see happening, especially when people are doing community service or people are doing acts of service in community, is there is no exchange and there ends up being almost like a power dynamic or, or a dynamic of, of, um, of pity when giving to mm. others. When in fact, what you want, if you really are wanting to give to the other person and to be of service to them, is you want them to feel empowered in that, in that dynamic as well. And that's where that fair exchange of give and take and, and give and receive comes in. The role of gratefulness, uh, being in that space of being thankful, how does that connect to this uh, reaching this balance of give and take? Oh, shoot. Gratefulness is a huge one. Mm. It's so funny because I think we, we all in some way get taught about gratitude when we're younger, you know, whether it's, it's saying grace before a meal, whether it's thanking, thanking people when they give you a gift. So we, we're quite used to thankfulness in some ways. But I think what we're not used to is being grateful for ourselves and grateful for our lives and the things that we have in our lives. And in this self-healing journey, it's a lifelong journey. This mm -hmm. is the first thing. It's, it's something that doesn't end. We're constantly healing. In fact, that's our purpose in life is to heal our wounds and to evolve and to grow. Mm -hmm. And what usually ends up happening when you're so focused on your wounds or on your trauma is that it's easy to forget your achievements and the wonderful things that you have in your life. And that's what gratitude does, to have a daily gratitude practice when you wake up in the morning to express thanks for the things that you have, whether it's, you know, warm water, 
a roof over your head, something as, as, as something that may seem insignificant to you but is hugely significant to somebody else, can just keep that perspective of the fact that there are things that you have that are gifts that are, are to be grateful for. And in community, I think that also helps us to put ourselves into other person's shoes to say that we are grateful for the things that we have by acknowledging that others may not have. Mm. As Mm. we practice this new awakened way of being, what are the type of words of affirmation that we should be adopting? I know you might not cover all of them, but let's cover Mm. a few, whichever ones maybe are your favorite. Uh, You know, I think when it comes to affirmations, it really has to do with the things that you struggle with in your healing journey. So to give you an example, Mm. one of the things that I've had to work through in my healing journey is, is around unconditional love and receiving and feeling worthy of receiving abundance, love, without feeling like I have to achieve or do something to, to, to get that. And so my affirmations is all around my worthiness and my being deserving to receive. So I think the main things around affirmations is taking the time to sit down and think about the things that you find difficult in your healing journey. What do you find difficult receiving? What are the things that you're having to heal through, through your, through your child, your inner child work? And a lot of the time that has to do with worthiness, feeling deserving. So some of these affirmations would be, I am worthy of unconditional love. I am worthy of receiving abundance in love, joy, and prosperity. And these affirmations should almost make you smile while you're saying them. I don't even know mm-hmm. if you can even hear me smiling while I'm saying <laughs> yes. these things. But it should be statements that, you might not feel are immediately true for you because you still have a little bit of work to do, but statements that you know that once you say them and they are true, that they'll make you smile from the inside out and that they'll bring you joy. And the wonderful things about affirmations is you start off saying them and it almost feels like you're lying to yourself Mm. or you're repeating these things that, that don't apply to you in that present moment. But the more you repeat them, the more the subconscious takes them in, the more the subconscious starts to hook in and believe what you're saying because it can't differentiate between a thought that is that is true and a thought that is not. And the more your self-conscious starts to attach to that affirmation, the more you start to perform actions or make decisions or form relationships that are in line with that affirmation. And the more you start to take steps towards it, the more you actually start to realize that it becomes true for you. Wow. Okay, let's leave it there for now. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us. You know, I'm just like smiling as I'm chatting to you. Uh, we needed to touch on this topic, definitely. Definitely. It's so deep. But, you know, it, like I said, with, with that divine feminine, sometimes it's just having the conversation and then sitting with it. You know, you don't have to do anything further yeah. with it. It's just having these talks. So thank you so much for for inviting me to talk about such a, a beautiful topic. Oh, it's always awesome having you. Have a happy uh, Tuesday. You too, Asanda. Have a great one. Thank you. Dr. Anes Mbitso, medical doctor, entrepreneur and yoga teacher, talking to us in our wellness corner today. I think let's end this chat with a message from Shanti Azri. You know, she's always got positive vibes to spread. So she's saying, uh, good morning. Hope you are having an amazing day filled with love, peace and happiness. Blessings of the day. Same to you, Shanti Azri from Brookdale Phoenix Unit 20. We always appreciate hearing from you, fam. Planting the seeds is next.